The time has come, ladies and gentlemen. We are 24 hours away from the NFL season officially kicking off tomorrow, Thursday night, with the Chiefs taking on the Detroit Lions. And it's just fitting that we culminate the offseason and preseason with our official full 2023 NFL predictions. We'll give you the playoff seedings, the records, the whole shebang after we've given you the last month our personal division rankings now you get to see the records and how all of this plays out in our heads here on the show and what better way to keep us accountable as well throughout the season than to document this thing on the eve of the nfl football season so mark i i know this is our one of our favorite shows to do every year now get ready for our uh fourth season here on the show it's kind of crazy to think about entering year four on this show but uh, yeah, th- this one's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, if you've been playing along with us and been listening, you, you, you're you starting to get an idea of where we have certain things, right? Uh, but now we lay it all out for you, one through seven, who's making the playoffs, who's not. And uh, we can go into a little bit more detail for those teams that like that just missing out or just making it. Why do we feel the way we do? And we already know Dan and I are going to have some really strong disagreements. I can't wait to go back to the AFC East. We started with that a month ago uh, with your shocking realization that the Bills are going to be third in the AFC East. So I'm excited for that one. Just again, to see if you actually have them in the playoffs or not. And uh, so it's a fun show. And uh, this is where, you know, we make some bold predictions. And again, we'll laugh about it because by a month from now, this will all be out the window and who cares? We're just going to be analyzing games in the middle of it and loving every minute of it. Uh, But for right now, it's the final piece of fill that content before we actually can watch some football. Absolutely. Very much looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, we got to put these things out there before the injuries start to pile up and the the narratives already start to form. So, yeah, putting this out there, obviously, many of these will change throughout the season, but it's good to have that initial base to see where we're going uh, in the year ahead. So without further ado, let's launch ourselves into this special edition of the Football Lounge with Mark and Dan. Durham Remodeling has been serving the Quad Cities area since 1973. With over 50 years of excellence on their track record, You'll see why it's so easy to trust their experts when it comes to all of your home improvement projects. Durham Remodeling's work is 100% guaranteed, so you can rest assured that you're getting the best service around. Call 309-786-6715 for all of your roofing, siding, flooring, windows, and painting needs. That's Durham Remodeling, 309-786-6715. Thank you to our sponsor, Durham Remodeling. We are the Football Lounge with Mark and Dan, brought to you by the For Frequency Sake Podcast Network, and you'll want to check out their flagship show for fantasy's sake as we get this uh, fantasy football season officially underway with week one and uh, all of your DFS needs. We got tons of stuff, uh, plenty of shows uh, to to satiate any of those tastes you may have here uh, during the fall sporting events so very excited for the lineup of shows that we have coming up here for you and you can check all of those out at for fantasy sake qc.com well without further ado mark we are going to jump right into this bad boy we've done our our predictions for these divisions 
now we're going to parse these out a little bit and give our uh, full uh, breakdowns and playoff seedings and records. So uh, I say we start with the AFC West, if that All works right. for you. And uh, and we will go through the AFC here and then end with our, our full lineup of, of playoffs there. And then we'll move over to the NFC and give those discussions as well. So with the AFC West... We both had the uh, Kansas City Chiefs coming in first. I have them as the one seed this season okay. yet again at 13 and four. I have them going four and two in division, but coming out 13 and four. So pretty similar year for Kansas City. I just don't see much of a drop off there. And uh, I do think this is still the team to beat off of a Super Bowl win. I am going to probably end up picking them to win the AFC most years until I start to see another team really threaten that the Bengals are close, but yeah. I still don't have enough faith in them as an overall team uh, to surpass the Kansas city chiefs in second place in the AFC West were the Los Angeles chargers. And I have them as the five seed. So the first wild card team uh, for this year in the AFC at 11 and six finishing the year. Five and one in division. I had them having a, an, an extra win than the Chiefs in division on this one. Uh, but their schedule just kind of uh, has some rough patches. And there's some newness there. I, I We both think Kellen Moore is going to be good for this team. But there's always yeah. question marks about how quickly those uh, changes get implemented and how quickly they form. So that brings me uh, to having them there at 11 and 6. Missing the playoffs in third place are the Denver Broncos. I have them going 9 and 8. I think they're going to be decent, but I also think some are overestimating the impact Sean Payton's going to have on this team in year one. We we don't know if Russell Wilson's going to have a complete turnaround. We're yeah. pretty sure it's not going to be nearly as bad as it was last year. But, you know, Tim Patrick already yet again going down uh, for the season. Just just some issues there uh, for this team uh, that that maybe they're a year away from from competing for a playoff spot. So they get the 11 seed there at nine and eight. In last place, the Las Vegas Raiders, the 14 seed in the AFC, no. five and twelve. I have this team bottoming out, and uh, yeah, this is the one where I'm like, I could really eat my words here because you know Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't uh, isn't nearly this bad. Uh, but it's really like I I just feel like we've you know given uh, you know some plenty of opportunities. Uh, for this Josh McDaniels, you know, experiment. And yet, it, you know, it hasn't yielded many results to this point. You add that in with just some overall issues with the team, uh, personnel-wise, defensively, it's pretty rough. And I think they're one Jimmy Garoppolo injury away from being like the worst team in the league. And uh, and I'm not even sure how well Jimmy G is going to be able to perform and how great uh, that ankle and the rest of his body is after the injuries he sustained in recent years. So they are the 14 seed there, uh, which is third, uh, third from last in the AFC. So I have two teams below them in this conference uh, in the, or actually, you know what? I'll, I'll turn it to you for the division. I, I won't go through yeah. the whole thing. We, we, we'll go, we'll go division by division. We can go. Here. We swap off. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, very similar vibes. I have the chiefs, as you know, at the top of the division, I have them 14 and three, and I have them as the number one seed in the AFC. So I'll take the Chiefs at 14 and three. This is obviously the Travis Kelsey injury is, is concerning um, for a 14 win season. But I, I think this is the first year. Last year, 
was the first year without Tyree Kill for uh, for uh, Patrick Mahomes. But they had brought in Juju Smith-Schuster, and they really kind of, you know, helped uh, helped ease that tr- transition a little bit and tried to like, all right, well, we, we'll bring someone else in, at least a name to rely on. This is the first time in Patrick Mahomes' young career. Now he's, in, he's fully in the prime of his career, right, though? Um, well, we're going to see, can he now make guys superstars? Can Is just Patrick Mahomes enough to just make guys superstars? Valdez, Scantling, Sky Moore, these are guys that, um, you know what I mean? They, they have all the talent, but they just haven't done it. None of these guys are 1,000-yard receivers, eight-touchdown guys, and so... Especially with Travis Kelsey going down early, we'll we'll see the magic of Mahomes in effect. That worries me a bit. Chris Jones not playing, obviously a concern. That's big. That's um, big. and so a lot of that went into my thoughts. Like, do I pivot at the last minute and give them a win or two less? No, I'm just going to stick with it. I love Andy Reid. I love Patrick Mahomes. Um, that offensive line is terrific, and um, I think the enemy being out of the building is a good and a bad thing. I think the the bad thing about it is I think he's a really smart guy and I think he's a really disciplined guy and I think Patrick respected him. But I also think it gets a lot of the, that distraction of the head coach and waiting out of the building as well. They can just do them and not worry about who's getting the credit, right? Because I don't think Nagy mm-hmm. really cares in that much. He had his chance as a head coach. People know what Na- who, who and what Matt Nagy is. Um, I have the Chargers second in the division. I have them a, a game better than you, 12 and 5. But I have them as the fifth seed, so the highest wild card seed as well. So we're right on part point with the Chargers. Then Kellen Moore, uh, those that that the the bevy of offensive weapons: Austin Eckler, Quinton Johnson, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I mean, they are loaded. And then defensively, they got guys: Derwin James, Khalil Mack, Bosa. They they are loaded. But I think they're just not as an organization. Do I trust them enough to get by the Chiefs and win the division? No, I don't. But I think they'll really beat up on the Broncos and the and the Raiders this year. I I I think absolutely they're going to stamp themselves uh, as the wild card team you don't want to play in wild card weekend. Uh, Dan, I have the Broncos at eight and nine, so a game worse than you have them. I have them below five hundred. Similar vibes again. If the Broncos were a team that found their way to double digit wins and stuck into the playoffs, it's not going to shock me because I really do believe in Sean Payton. But remember. There were plenty of Sean Payton years that those Saints teams were were seven and nine. You're like yeah. Sean Payton yeah. wasn't thirteen and three, thirteen and three, twelve and five. You know, every single year, and so um, he's got talent, but they have a lot of holes still on that roster. And Russell Wilson is a gigantic question mark. I can't wait for the first Broncos game to start at having some things answered about what Russell Wilson will look like with Sean Payton. So right, I'm tentatively eight and nine with them. And then the Raiders five and twelve, same exact record. Um, the Raiders, I think you said it best when they were Jimmy Garoppolo injury away from maybe being the worst team in the league. I have zero faith in McDaniel's. Yeah. Absolute exactly. zero faith. I don't believe I don't believe in his ability to build a culture. I believe in his ability to create an offense. Um, I love Josh Jacobs. I think their offensive line is not as bad as we think. But you le- you get rid of Waller for basically nothing. Renfro and Devonte Adams are great. It's a nice receiving core, but Jimmy G, uh, he, his body, he was not going to stay healthy. So he's not going to be the, available for all the games. And so you already know that's going to hinder them. And um, the division is brutal. So I, I think, think they're talent wise, the worst talent in the division. And uh, that hurts them in a division that's that good. So 
from what we've revealed from one division so far, both of you and I, you and I have the Chiefs as the one seed in the AFC and the Chargers as the number one wildcard team in the AFC. So we're lockstep right now, Dan. I'm curious, did you have the Raiders as the worst team in the AFC or are they no, still? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, the the uh, Raiders okay. are, um, this, I have them record-wise as the second worst team tied okay, for the gotcha. third worst team with the, with, the, with the team in the AFC South. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, let's move to the North. We dropped that episode yesterday, so please go check that out if you have not yet. Uh, we both had the Bengals winning this division. I have the Bengals as the two seed here in the okay. AFC, uh, just behind the New England or uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Excuse me, twelve and five, the record there for Cincinnati. Uh, we talked about it a lot yesterday, so not going to uh, belabor the point. But you know, it's Joe Burrow. This team has overcome a lot. Uh, not not much changed roster wise for them, and so I think they're going to be just about as steady Eddie as it gets uh, with this team this year. Steelers as the seven seed, the final wild card spot there at Steelers. eleven and six on the season. Oh! So that's the faith that tells you a little bit about the faith I have in the rest of the AFC conference, with eleven and six being the seven seed <laughs> in the AFC. But I do think the Steelers could win twelve games this year. I mean, I think. I think their floor is at about about 10, to be honest with you. So I think they're in a 10, 11, 12 win All right. uh, type of window for this group. But I decided to go 50-50 uh, there and just split it at 11 and 6. Uh, going 3 and 3 in the division, it's a really tough division, but their schedule has gives them a lot of favors Very throughout the year. And, uh, and I'm certainly confident in them. Missing the playoffs as the 9 seed, I have the Baltimore Ravens at 9 and 8. Uh, I have a lot of these teams very close together, and Baltimore could certainly win 11 games as well. So maybe I'm being a little bit unfair, kind of putting them on the lower end of what I, uh, you know, think that their range of outcomes is. But uh, I just think as a an entire roster, they have a little bit more holes than the Pittsburgh Steelers do. Uh, I actually think for the one of the first times in recent memory, they have a lot of questions about the Ravens' defense, and yeah. uh, not sure how good of a unit this is, uh, which is weird to say because the last 20 years they've been dominant. Uh, but I think that much right there is what kind of will hold them back in some of these games. I do think they're going to be more explosive. But yeah, I mean, Todd Munkin and, and company, they might take some uh, getting used to put the training wheels on for the first four weeks of the season. And, and so what's the record uh, you had on the Ravens? Uh, nine and eight for the Baltimore nine and eight. Ravens. Nine and, eight, nine and eight. A game behind them in the 12 seed is the Cleveland Browns at eight and nine. Eight and nine. Okay. Um, so I... I do. This team's just got so much talent that I, I can't have them being like really bad. And uh, I think Deshaun Watson's going to be a little bit better this year than we saw last year. But overall, just even looking at the division, uh, every other team is better than them in the division uh, overall. And so yeah. while they've got some good pieces and some good players that are going to probably win them some mm. games uh, just by themselves as a collective unit, uh, just can't trust them uh, quite yet. So that is my uh, lineup there for the AFC North. Curious what yours is. Yeah, here's where well, here's where we go off a of lockstep. Uh, as we know, I have the Bengals at twelve and five. I have them winning the division. I have them as the three seed in the AFC, though, okay. not the two seed. Um, love the Bengals. Love Joe Burrow. I love their uh, I love their improvements they made to their offensive line since he was getting. Uh, demolished in that Super Bowl run, uh, you know, two years ago. I think that the Bengals are absolutely a Super Bowl threat. 
Um, Joe Burrow has proved that he can get to Super Bowl at this young point of his career. He is, that's why I have him as the second best quarterback in the NFL. He has got all of the intangibles. There are guys bigger, there are guys taller, there are guys with better arms. Uh, there aren't many guys with much better accuracy. And there's certainly, I don't think there's almost anyone who's more of a rally guy, leader, believe in them when he walks into a ro- locker room. I, I mean, he is Joe Cool. And um, so I, I just, I, I'm not going to overthink it too much with them. If they come out and have a really bad year or he has a bad year, that'll really shake me because I just, I, I firmly believe in him right now from what we've seen so far. He's passed all the tests. And so him and Zach Taylor together, that offense is just potent. I mean, so, so potent. And I think their defense is built in a way that it, it could obviously be better, but it, they rush the passer. And so they're going to be in shootouts. And so when you're trying to score with the Bengals, you're going to be passing them all a lot. And that's the one thing the Bengals can do is they can get after uh, the passer a little bit. And so I think that they have that going for them, at least defensively. Um, I have the Ravens at 10 and seven and the Ravens as the seventh seed in the AFC playoffs is the final team in, um, again, we talked about it yesterday. I am, I'm firmly in on Lamar Jackson being back and being committed and having a healthy season. I think Lamar, I firmly believe is the type of guy that now that he's paid the work is like, he's, he's back to work. He is. He is a good foot soldier. Love John Harbaugh. Um, I really agree with you with the with the Munkin stuff and, and the offense. It's going to be different, but I think that's a good thing. I think challenging Lamar, spicing it up a bit. I think that wide receiver core is, is much improved. J.K. Dobbins, if he can stay healthy, is, I think, a chance to be a 1,000-yard uh, back rushing the, uh, the football. And again, I think that um, they are a team that will be that kind of at the end of the year, you don't want to have to play the Ravens in the playoffs. I think there's going to be a team that really physic physicality is always going to be the Ravens MO that linebacking core is special in Baltimore. And I think they're going to be a team that leaves you black and blue and, and bruised when you're, when you're done with them. And I, and I, a lot of it's on Lamar Jackson for me. A lot of it's, if, if he's not showing up, then the Ravens, I think really will fall apart. Like I think the Steelers will have a better roster than the Ravens. I really do. I think the the Browns, you can make the argument, have a better roster. I think a lot of it for me is on the improvement of the wide receivers and the and the and the Lamar Jackson returning to back to work, head down. My money's there. I'm good. So let's go, let's go build a legacy type of thing. I have the Steelers at nine and eight. I know it's the same record as they were last year, and I but I and I do think they're a better team. I think that's the product, not it's not the Steelers' fault. I think it's a product of the AFC is better. I know it's crazy because it was great last year, but I think it's better. You add Aaron Rodgers, the Dolphins got way better. Uh, the whole division got better. Everyone in the AFC North got better than they were last year. That's really tough. So I was just with that stalemate with the Steelers where I feel like even though they got better, and even though I like uh, Kenny Pickett, year two, some of these guys, it can be a sophomore slump. I think there's a lot to be positive with him, but I just, at this moment, don't have enough faith in him and Mike Tomlin with that offensive coordinator to just blow it up and be able to score consistently in this league the way they need to. Now, I will eat crow on Kenny Pickett, 
And if they end up winning 10, 11 games, I'm not too far off. I don't think the Steelers are going to be bad, but I'm, I just am going to, I'm going to want to really consistently see it to believe it. So that's, that's my main reasoning behind that. And then hey, finally, the, we, we all have the right to be wrong, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, right. <laughs> and then the, uh, and then the, I, the Browns at seven and 10. And again, the Browns, like we said yesterday are absolutely a team that if they find a way to flip that record, 10 and seven, it wouldn't shock me, but someone in the AFC has to miss the playoffs, right? They, there's going to be teams that miss the playoffs. So if you're a fan of an AFC team right now and you're listening, a majority of you are going to be upset because a lot of you have higher expectations. You can make the argument that on paper, maybe even the Raiders are better than they were last year. And yet I have them at five and 12. Like you're, there, There's going to be a lot of teams that are upset in the AFC. In the NFC, I think it's different. I think there are teams that just know, all right, our expectations are different. And then there's the bottom of the AFC, the rookie quarterback groups where you're like, okay, are, we have different expectations going this year. But the AFC North, every one of those fan bases should have the expectations of playoffs or bust. And I don't think two of them, two of the teams in the AFC North are going to make it. And it's going to be tough for those fran- uh, fan bases and franchises. You feel the same way. We, we both only have two teams from the North making it. So that's going to be one of those cutthroat divisions that in the end, it, it, there's going to be some really frustrated fan bases. Yeah, yeah, th- there really is. I mean, there's there's so much talent in the conference that there's going to be uh, a couple teams that barely miss out yeah. uh, when they should. You know, that's just the the nature of this thing. All right, in the East, we have uh, – well, actually, I think we had disagreement right off the top. This is our, the New York Jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah this We're is all the, over. the biggest disagreement for sure. So I have the New York Jets as the three-seed in the AFC at 11 and six and uh, winning this division. So, uh, you know, we, we talked about the Aaron Rodgers effect. I think that maybe some are going a little bit too uh, intense with the impact he's going to have and, and predicting 13 wins. I don't think that's uh, terribly realistic, but I do think that they are going to be a solid team. And I think the offense is enough improved with Aaron Rodgers to the point where they're going to be able to compete pretty well with their division foes. And I think they're going to have quite a bit of success in division as well. So I have them as the number one there and the number three seed overall. Uh, coming with a, in at with the, a what record? Sorry, I missed that just real quick. 11 and six. 11 and six Jets is the three. And in All the right. six seed, I have at 11 and six as well, the Miami Dolphins. But I have the New York Jets holding a tiebreaker over the Dolphins in this one. Dolphins. So a tight race, but the Jets... Uh, having that tiebreaker over Miami. Great. Love and it. Miami bo- getting here at 11 and six as well. Super competitive. I think if Tua, and I understand it's a big if, if Tua stays healthy the whole year, this team will be right up to week 17, uh, potentially competing for that number one spot in the division. Uh, but it's going to come down to a couple games here and there. And obviously they play each other twice. I think the Jets get their number both times this season. And so that's the difference maker on that one. Just missing the playoffs, I have the Buffalo Bills as the eighth seed in the AFC. Ten and seven, though, so a ten and seven record for Buffalo. Not a terrible year, but certainly below expectations for what they want to accomplish and the trajectory that they had been on. But like I said, I think this is. I think we're reaching the plateau with Buffalo, and I think this may we may have seen the best that this particular iteration of the Buffalo Bills has to offer. So I have them at 10 and seven missing the playoffs as the first team out of the, of the postseason. And then is the 10 seed. 
the New England Patriots at nine and eight. So this division, very close nine quarters and, and, and very good records across the board. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that Bill Belichick's uh, New England Patriots are going to falter um, to, you know, a six, six win or seven win season. I think we saw probably the worst that Mac Jones could ever look last year. Bill O'Brien's impact is going to be enough to give them, you know, an, an extra boost here. Um, but it's the product of the AFC. Yeah. It's the product of the division. They're just not going to be good enough to uh, propel themselves. But I think nine and eight, that's absolutely a year that if you're the Patriots fan, you would take given all of that has happened. Um, maybe you would prefer they go, you know, two and, uh, you know, 15 and, and just go get, get Caleb, Caleb Williams. Williams or something. Yeah. But, um, you know, also I think Bill Belichick's kind of competing for that, the record of, you know, chasing Don Shula there for all-time wins. And uh, this nine-win season probably gets gets him another year or two in New England to officially get that record. So um, they're competitive as always, and, and that's the shakeout for the AFC East. I'm fascinated because already you, you have some higher win totals in some teams than I'm waiting for your bottoming out. You know, because when you yeah, do well, this, yeah. <laughs> every time you pick a team to win 10 games, some someone's got to lose those games. So I'm someone's I'm excited to see some of these. I think you have some really bad records coming our way, which I'm excited yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, so far it's just the Raiders at 5 and 12. So Yeah, far, yeah that's same with me. So I, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> we'll excited to We'll get to the to South soon enough. Where it goes. Um, listen, I, I mean, we just disagree. I, I You said it best. The, it, the if is with Tua, and I'm going the other side of the if. And so um, I have the Bills at twelve and five. I have them winning it all, uh, winning that uh, division, and I have them as the four seed. And um, I have then the uh, listen for me again. It's simple. I agree with you that I think the Bills hit some sort of plateau, um, but I think that that is the, they are the type of team that I feel like will re-enter this season with. Uh, extra motivation. I like Sean McDermott a lot. I think Josh Allen, it's un we're starting to underrate Josh Allen now. And people are talking about him not in the way necessarily maybe we should. That's I fair. know he makes mistakes, but did he is a uh, an absolute stud. And I really do think a motivated Madden cover athlete Josh Allen with all the naysayers, everyone a year ago it was Patrick Josh. And now it's Patrick Joe, maybe Trevor Lawrence, maybe Jalen Hurts. Josh, I think I'm I'm just expecting a big year from Josh. I'm putting some eggs in that basket. So I have them at 12 and 5, and I have them as the four seed in the AFC. Um, I have the Jets as the two in this division at 10 and 7, and I have the Jets as the sixth seed in the AFC playoffs. So the Jets are in. So the I'm playing the other side of the if. I really believe this Jets team could be below 500 if the offensive line implodes. I like their defense. I don't necessarily love the coaching staff of the New York Jets. Their schedule is rough, 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 rough. And if this offensive line implodes, then you could see a, 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 a really, really disastrous season for the Jets. Like, you know, expectations and then they fall apart. But I do think... Aaron Rodgers is highly motivated. It's been it's been publicized, it's been seen. So I'm going to I'm going to roll with Aaron Rodgers has a magical type of year and that lifts this Jets team to a 10 and 7 record. I don't think they are necessarily that elite of a team, 
Um, and I think it'll be a quick first-round exit for the Jets in the playoffs. But I think it's is Aaron Rodgers getting the Jets to the playoffs up and down roller coaster of a year. And so I'll take them at 10 and 7. The Dolphins, 9 and 8. I think the Dolphins with Tua, if he is healthy, absolutely. I'll eat crow on it. He will, they will win 11, 12 games because we saw it stretches when he was healthy early in the year. He was like an MVP candidate and they were winning games hand over fist. They were, they, and their, their roster got better. I don't love the back end of the defense until Jalen Ramsey comes back. I think the division is tough. And I really just think Mike McDaniels is got a little bit of Mark Tressman in him. It was kind of surprising. Little Matt Nagy. Holy crap. What just hit us? This kid, he really can coach. It's some of the Kyle Shanahan and then some different stuff. But they're like a Tyreek Hill hamstring tweak and a Tua concussion away from going on a four-game losing streak in the middle of the season. I think they're battling to the end. I think they have an up-and-down season. But I'm going to take the uh, Dolphins at 9-8 and eight to just miss the NFL playoffs. Uh, the Patriots, 8-9. and nine. I'm with you. They're going to be really solid. They're the best four seed in the uh, in the NFL. And in most other divisions, I think they'd be a second-place team that's really competing. I think Bill O'Brien is the underrated move of the NFL offseason. I think offensively, this Pats team isn't going to be as disastrous as we think it is. And I think Mac Jones is playing for that fifth-year option. And I think that Mac Jones will have a nice year, a, a really nice year. And he'll start to assert himself as the new Dak Prescott, the new Kirk Cousins, where you can win a bunch of games with Mac Jones. Can he elevate you at deep playoff runs? Probably not. You're going to a bunch of games with him. And I think the Patriots will get back to feeling like that team at stretches. But ultimately, I don't think they'll be able to score enough at times within their own division to win enough games in their own division to make it to the playoffs. So there you go. It's the, the AFC East is a, is a big question mark division. I'm, I'm higher on Josh Allen elevating a, a Bills team that otherwise could plateau. I agree with you. We are on the opposite end of the question mark with Tua. And that's and then all of a sudden everything kind of flips. It's funny, you have the Jets winning the division. I have the Jets in second place. I think we agree with the Jets. We're only one win off. I think yeah. it's really just that Bills and the way that flops things for us. So I really don't think we disagree with the Jets. I think it's more just the Bills and the Dolphins that were on the opposite ends of kind of the big what ifs. Yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want it to make it seem like I I can't conceive of the Bills winning this division. I absolutely can't. Yeah, I mean, there, there's obviously. Uh, they've proven it many times in recent years. Uh, they just give off major Chargers vibes of the early 2010s to me, um, where just can't get over the hump, just can't do it. Got a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, uh, you know, great pieces around you, some awesome weapons, but can't get over the hump for whatever reason it is. Uh, I feel that's the case with the Bills. And because of that, because uh, the Jets got so much better, because the Dolphins overall improved. I think that's that that's the perfect recipe for them to move down that list. But yeah, it's valid. certainly certainly could win that division. No question about it. All right. Moving to the south of the final one here in the AFC. I, of course, uh, we only have one seeding left on, on my chart here, and that would be the four seed, uh, the the worst of the division winners, but still a, uh, a hosting a playoff game are the Jacksonville Jaguars at 10 and seven. I see a potential for some more wins here from Jacksonville, but I'm going to temper things just a bit because okay. I don't want the pendulum to swing too far until we've seen enough of it. Uh, I think the way they ended last season I'm was swinging. incredible. I'm You're swinging. swinging. I'm swinging about to swing. 
Hey, and that's <laughs> fine because honestly, we both do believe in Trevor Lawrence in this. Thing. Yeah. Like this Jags team's going nowhere, and I think this is just the start of of their continued ascension. Uh, but I'm going to have them at ten and seven here, um, partly because of their schedule and 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 just how I, I think maybe things will shake out over the course of the season. But I think they bring into um, September a lot of momentum from last year and just a yep. lot of familiarity with the Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence overlap there. So I think they hit the ground running. They just may hit a lull mid season uh, questions about the run game for sure. Uh, and, and not sure how well their defense is going to stack up either. And just given their schedule and things like that, I'm going to temper my expectations. I'm going to expect them to go to the playoffs. I'm going to expect them to win a playoff game, but I'm not going to have them as a top seed just yet. I think maybe next year, I will have them literally competing for potentially the one seed this year. I got them at the four uh, missing the playoffs the rest of the way here in this division. I have the Titans going eight and nine yeah. a respectable eight, nine, uh, a team that's gutsy and will pull off some wins, be kind of a hard out. Uh, I liken them a lot to last year's Falcons that were, you know, kind of tough and scrappy, but just not, not enough mm-hmm. juice. Uh, to compete and let alone to compete in the AFC. Uh, that's going to be a tough go. I think Tannehill doesn't last the full season. You're going to have Will Levis potentially or Malik Willis mid-year come in and maybe provide a spark, but it's not going to be anything that's going to get them over the hump. They'll probably be, I don't know, three and five at that point. And so that's kind of where I have the Titans. DeAndre Hopkins is nice. I don't think it translates to several more wins for them. Uh, they're just going to be middle of the road. So they are the 13th seed. And then, so obviously we have the the Raiders at the 14th seed and we have a 15 and 16 left and they go in order here in the South. 15th seed is the Indianapolis Colts at five and 12. I have this team at five and 12 because of all the newness. I just don't know where to go with this group. Uh, and then now that we have, you know, factored in the Jonathan Taylor situation, yeah. He's going to miss at least the four, first four games. This is becoming even more of a realistic outlook in my view. They don't have many weapons outside of Michael Pittman. I like Alec Pierce. Uh, you know, they they drafted a, a young rookie receiver as well, but the offensive line is shaky. Anthony Richardson is a raw prospect, a raw rookie, super talented, but not sure that that's going to translate directly yeah. in year one. And then the defense is, is, is solid as a roster. That's why I don't have them as the worst team in the AFC because I think their defense will get enough splash for them uh, to pull out a, a couple wins here. But I do think they're going to str- struggle, even with Stain, Shane Steichen there, and, and we know what kind of offense he can run. Um, but it didn't dominate in year one with Jalen Hurts, and I don't expect it to dominate in year one with Anthony Richardson here either. So I have a lot of faith in, in the direction the Colts are going, but not here in 2023. And then finally, the Texans at four and 13. And that sounds brutal. Uh, I actually think it's going to be a much more impressive looking four and three than what that record may indicate. I think they're going to be in a lot of games. They're just, they just don't have enough to pull out those fourth quarter comebacks or to hold off teams late in games. The defense has a lot of work to do. They addressed the pass rush a little bit with, uh, you know, Anderson, uh, from Alabama coming in, but you got a rookie quarterback. You got pretty much rookies and first and second year guys all on offense. There's just not enough experience there. And then you have a rookie head coach. There is so much new here with them as well. And like I said in the preview, the Colts just have a little bit more experienced roster, a little bit better roster. 
to put them slightly over the Texans in my view. But yeah, the Texans coming in as the the bottom seed and uh, and, and and getting a shot at that number one overall pick in next year's draft. Although they gave it up, so this would be the Cardinals, you know, dream yeah. for, for for the Texans to be the worst team. Okay, um, I, I mean, I have the Jags at 14-3, and three, and I have them as the two seed. I have them battling Ooh. for the one seed, and honestly, with the Travis Kelsey injury and, and some things, I, I love – I'm just high on the Jags. I think Doug Peterson – I would love I it, man. That'd be great. So much momentum. They, uh, they feel like last year they were able to shake the bad juju away with that run, and with that miraculous playoff win against the Chargers the second half, and building that momentum and going into Kansas City and the Chiefs in the second round of the playoffs, I think this is a team that in the regular season is going to play. It's like that NBA team that is young and like, uh, you know, the Nuggets when they made it into the bubble and then they they uh, they lost in, the, uh, in the, uh, the Western Conference in the bubble in the championship, Western Conference championship. And it was like, oh, this Nuggets team, they're young and they're, you know, it was the first time we Jokic just like, but in the MVP discussion, you're like, who, what, what is this team? And then the next year they took the regular season really seriously and they're the one seed, right? And then Jamal Murray gets hurt and everything kind of falls apart for them until they finally win it. I think that's how the Jags are. I think they, they're they able to build off that. They're so young. It feels like that kind of college program. Ridley's going to come back. I think he's going to be so motivated. Huge. Doug Peterson. Yeah. And I think they're going to thrash their division and as we said when we went through their schedule, they have huge scheduling breaks. They get every good team at home. And so even if they drop a couple of those, which they very well could, um, I think they're going to be in a really great spot to win that 12 or more games. And I have them on the really high end. You know, this is fun. We're predicting. And sure. and and just really kind of laying in. Now, does that mean I think they're going to they're going to win an AFC championship game? Man, I don't know. They are they're the Jags and they are a still a young program. Uh, but I think they are going to they they are going to cause headaches because if you're the Josh Allen, you're the Joe Burrows, you got to get to AFC championship games. And we pencil Mahomes in there. So who's gonna be that third rotator? You know, a lot of guys need to start getting those AFC championship games, getting their shot at Mahomes. And uh maybe it's Trevor Lawrence uh this year. Um, so I have the Jags at 14 and three Titans eight, and nine. I disagree that they're going to transfer it over mid season. I could see it late in the season happening, but I, you know, Mike Vrabel, the dude can coach and this team has got more talent than you think they're just hanging. This is the very end of that window. And I'll be very interested to see what exactly they do at the end of the year. I feel like there'll be a moment with two weeks remaining where they're going to be mathematically kind of out of it. And um and and may once they get that ninth loss or tenth loss and maybe at that point in time they go to Levis or Malik Willis and they start a jump start in the next year, um but they are a tough tough well coached team they're going to cause some problems and if the Titans sneak into the playoffs it would not shock me because Mike Vrabel and then the talent around Tannehill and Tannehill playing for a job next year either with Tennessee or somewhere else. And so it wouldn't shock me if they're able to have, if he's able to squeeze a, just a tiny extra bit more, but if they also fall flat in their face and they end up with like four wins, that wouldn't shock me either. But I think that would be more the injuries just kind of rattle them as an older team and they fall apart that way. 
Uh, I have the Texans. What, what was the record you had for them? Sorry, eight and nine, same as you. Okay, okay. I have the uh, I have the Texans at five and twelve, and the Colts at four and thirteen. We feel very similarly. I think the difference is for us on the Colts versus the Texans. I actually believe more in D'Amico Ryan's. Now, I think D'Amico Ryan's ceiling is lower than maybe Shane Steichen's is in the long run, but in a first year building a program, energy. Like just a guy's guy, players player, like a Mike Vrabel type guy, D'Amico Ryan's. I think he's going to infuse that organization with a ton. Five year contract. The Texans feel like they're starting to remove themselves from the clownish organization the way they've run the past like five years. And so I think there's a lot of good vibes. They bring in Jimmy Ward, the defensive veteran from Northern Illinois University, and uh, and go. from the the Niners, kind of help. D'Amico and get that message across. He's been with D'Amico as a player and now as a coach. And so I think that is going to help them. And I, I like CJ Stroud. He has no one to throw to. It's going to be a tough year, but I like it. And then I think with the Colts, they're a disaster, I think, from ownership down. And I think they are a clown organization and Ballard is hanging on for dear life right now. I think Chris Ballard's a smart GM, a smart guy, but I think they're there's so much. I mean, they got their owner trying to fly a whale across and the whale dies. And then he's saying that if Jonathan Taylor dies. Oh, did the whale die? Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't even hear about they that. They didn't even get so. it in the plane. It just died in captivity. Oh, and then Jonathan Taylor's, you know, it's a mess. Like, I think they're a mess. And they don't have very many weapons offensively either. Yeah. I think the I think the Colts will look a lot like the Bears last year. Where they're going to lose a lot of games. But there's going to be moments where you watch that kid play, Anthony Richardson, and be like, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, he's special. And so I think they're going to be a fun watch, but you'll lose a bunch of games, yeah. which will be good because yeah. they could use the number one overall pick to get Marvin Harrison Jr. and revamp. And now they have the quarterback wide receiver duo and they start fresh. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean that would be the goal, or or you sell it, drop back three picks, and uh, and get loaded up for the next two to three years uh, with future picks as well. But I think Marvin Harrison Jr. would be a good pick to go to. All right, any overall thoughts here? We can give our our, our rankings and and do a refresher. For me, it's the Chiefs in the one, yeah, Bengals two, Jets three, and then we've got Jags four. Uh, where am I? Uh, Chargers five. Dolphins Dol six, Steelers, Steelers seven. seven. I think the biggest thing when people look at our rankings and what we'll get trashed online, for me, I think people will look at it and say the Jags winning 14 games is that's really, really like you're all in on the Jags. I think I could get trashed for that. Where I think you're going to have to really defend yourself online against mainstream is no Bills and yes, Steelers. I think you're going to have to defend that a little bit. I think people yeah. I think people will understand, okay, the Jets win the division, but the Bills still make it. So I think that's where you're going to have to fight online. I may have to fight online for my wild Jags win 14 games. That's what for we're – sure. yeah. Those yeah, are our Twitter battles for the next tw uh, 24 hours. Yeah, those are the clear takeaways, no question. Um, all right, before we transition to the NFC, we will pause right now for a word from one of our sponsors. Take your energy level to new heights this football season with Lifted Energy. Try any of Lifted's nine specialty energy drinks or create your own and conquer fatigue. Visit Lifted this fall at 2430 16th Street Moline or check their Facebook page at Lifted Energy to see what festival, market, or fair they are popping up at today. Lifted Energy. Get Lifted. 
All right, we saw a lot of good records in the AFC. Uh, we're not going to see that in the NFC, at least from my end. So this will yeah. be an interesting one. Uh, we'll we'll start with the NFC East here. Uh, the Eagles I have as the overall one seed. So not much has changed uh, from the top from year to year uh, in terms of uh, last season to this season. The Eagles still in the one seed at 12-5. and five. I believe uh, that this team... Really didn't lose much outside of like Miles Sanders and, you know, Javon Hargrave, which, you know, those are not insignificant pieces to your team. Uh, but I still feel very strong about uh, their their lines on both the offense and defensive side. Feel great about the weapons and the continued maturation of Jalen Hurts. I wonder about having a new offensive coordinator, obviously losing that piece. But I think they have the skill to overcome something like that. Uh, whereas maybe some other teams wouldn't. So I have them. And plus, I just don't think this division's as, as good as as some are saying, to be honest. I, I think it's I think it's just kind of a mad, kind of middle-of-the-road type of division. I do have the Cowboys sneaking into the playoffs, but as a seven seed. I have them okay. as the final wild card, and they get in at eight and nine. They don't even have a winning record, but they get into that final wild card spot. Uh, yeah, this is... You know, kind of what we talked about with the Cowboys in recent years, although I believe you may may have them a little bit higher. Um, I, I just don't consider them a, a team that's really worth fearing. I don't think Dak Prescott uh, is nearly that good. And to to once again turn over the reins uh, of play calling back to Mike McCarthy with uh, Kellen Moore uh, departing, I think that's going to be a detriment to this team. The only good, really, that I see that's changed is that Tony Pollard's finally going to get to show – uh, you know, his full workload, um, but we don't know if he can handle that. So that'll be interesting to see. But if he can, he's a dynamic player at that position. But really just outside of that one wide receiver, they lose Dalton Schultz. Uh, so, yeah, it's CeeDee Lamb, Tony Pollard, and then the rest is uh, mm-hmm. kind of meh. Uh, and, and and defensively, Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs, uh, they're, they're a, you know, a, a two-man show there on the defensive side. Uh, so I uh, just not a lot of faith in this team, but they're the Cowboys. They're good enough uh, here in a week NFC to get the seven seed in the nine seed third place. I have the commanders uh, at seven and 10. I think this team is, is also somewhat like an Atlanta Falcons from last year as well, because uh, this is a team that I think can run the ball effectively. I think Sam Howell is a lot more, uh, you know, proficient then maybe he's being billed so far. We didn't see a lot of him, so I'm not. it's not a giant proclamation here. I just think that he's a pro-style quarterback that will work well in the Eric Bieniemy system. And um, and I just think they got playmakers. Jahan Dotson, uh, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, like those are all like really good pieces. The offensive line's a little bit shaky, so they're, I mean, I'm, I'm not predicting, predicting them to win 10 games. It's seven here, so I think they're going to be a bad team, just not a bottoming out terrible team, which maybe would behoove them to do and, and go get one of those top quarterbacks, but I don't think they're going to be bad enough to do that, and I think their defense, after so many injuries the past few years, finally healthy, gets back to, uh, to a semblance of a solid unit there. That gets them at the nine seed, and then right behind them, same record, is the New York Giants at seven and ten as well, but they are the ten seed, losing a tiebreaker to Washington. And um, you know, I talked about this on the preview. I just really, it, it's it's not a non-Dable thing. Like I, I like Dable. I think he's a really good coach. It's I don't really believe that this Daniel Jones uh, experiment and contract is going to work out in the long term. I just don't know what what we've seen to warrant that. 
Uh, Saquon's great and he'll have an amazing season, I'm sure. Um, but the rest of the the team is just kind of up in the air. I don't know who's a great playmaker on this team outside of Saquon Barkley. And so that's always a question mark. Their receiving cores has a lot to be desired. O-line is okay. And their defensive uh, line is good. But the rest of their defense, a lot of question marks there too. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a coin flip. I, I could, you know, I'd put the Giants in third place in, instead. But this is how it shook out. All right. Um, I have the E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles as the number one overall seed in the NFC. At I right, have them right. I have them though at eleven and six as the number one overall seed. So okay. I think the, the coordinators losing is what'll cause some disjointment early in the season. But I think eventually this Eagles team will find its stride. And this Eagles team again has the main it's it's like Toss up them the the Dolphins, the Niners are like the best rosters in the NFL. I mean, then the Chargers right there too. They're loaded. I mean, just Herbie fully loaded, Lindsey Lohan style. It is crazy, and I and so I just love it. I, and I trust in Jalen Hurts. I trust in uh, the wide receivers. I trust in that defensive line, that offensive line, and I think they'll uh, they'll return to the top of the number one seed. But it's gonna be a rockier road to get there. And it'll be a little uglier road. And I think overall, the NFC, there's a lot of teams that are closer than we think, uh, which I have the Giants at two in that division at nine and eight, but missing the playoffs. I have the Cowboys at three in that division at nine and eight, but missing the playoffs. And then I have with the number one overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft, the two and 15 Washington commander select ding, 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 ding. Caleb Williams, uh, USC. Yeah, I think Washington should bottom out. So this is just me a little bit, again, playing it with it. I think Washington should bottom out. And they have a new owner. They're going to get a new – they're going to go back to the football team. Like, go all in on this. Get rid of the coaching staff. Clear house. Go get yourself a – go get yourself a head coach that you believe in that can can develop Caleb Williams and go win this division and compete with Jalen Hurts for the next five years and be awesome. So I'm just throwing it out there. Again, I don't think they're going to be good enough to make the playoffs, so I vote implosion go the other way. Just fun with it. Uh, but for the Giants and the Cowboys, yeah, I, I I think both teams have real limitations. I think both teams have things I like. Both things have things I really don't like. And I think in the end, they are going to get muddied up and trapped with some tougher schedules compared to some other teams in the NFC and so one team from the East is making the playoffs this year, and I'm taking the Eagles as the one seed, but only 11 wins. That's interesting. That's very interesting. The commander situation might be, who would have thought that our biggest disagreement um, of the year might come down to the Washington commanders, the most I irrelevant just, team. I, listen, I think that I, I'm not dumb. <laughs> I get that they have a solid roster and, and, and I don't, you know, we don't know what Sam Howell is right now, but. What if Sam Howell starts 0 and 3 and then he and then he gets injured and then Ron Rivera is yelling at Eric Bieniemy and all of a sudden it's just like, you know what? The new ownership just goes like pull back. And so yeah, I mean I'm, they should. They they should just one you know, team chalk it up always, to a lost season. One but. team always implodes. And I, I think it very well could be Washington this year. Um, and so we'll see. That is fair. All right. Let's head to the West. And uh, in this one, I had the 49ers winning this division, and I have them as the two seed just behind the Eagles. 
Uh, the two seed here at 11 and six. I think most of their wins come in division. Well, not most of their wins, but they go five and one in division. So very good division record uh, for this team. And I think that's a, it's an easy year for the 49ers to kind of pounce on some weakness um, at, at the rest of this division here, which I'll point out as we get down um, the the road. But it, it's really boils down to the Kyle Shanahan effect. I mean, uh, we, we know how good this team has been uh, with, you know, subpar play at the quarterback position, uh, whether it be Jimmy Garoppolo or, uh, you know, it, it just r- really anyone that they've kind of thrown into the fire. Uh, we, we've seen Brock Purdy last year uh, go 7-0 and with this team uh, down the stretch and and take them to the AC champ- NFC Championship game. Uh, so uh, I, I think in Kyle Shanahan, we trust in terms of building a, a program that's super competitive and com- and playoff competitive. So th- there was no way that even if I didn't think Brock Purdy was going to be a long-term starter for this team, that I would think that this team is is falling below 500 or something like that. No, I think they're good enough. Their defense is spectacular. They've got Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk on the other end, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, playmakers left and right. And these are all guys that excel in yak. The yards after catch ability for the San Francisco 49ers is by far the best in the NFL. And who does that suit? Not just the Kyle Shanahan system, but it suits someone like a Brock Purdy or even like a Sam Darnold, where it's get the ball in the hands of the playmakers quick. You don't have to make crazy throws. Just get it to them, and they'll make the rest happen. So I think it's just a perfect recipe for success here for this team. And as I mentioned, they don't have a whole ton of competition in the NFC, greater NFC, but let alone in their division in the NFC West. I have the Seahawks as the five seed and number two in the division here. So the Seahawks are the first wildcard team at 10 and seven. They're, you know, super talented. I think we're, we've saw the best that we're probably going to see of Geno Smith last year. Um, but I also don't think it was lightning in a bottle. Like, I don't think he's going to re- regress back to what he was years before. He He's a solid NFL quarterback, and, and he will play as such this season with additional weapons in Zach Charbonnet and Jackson Smith and Jigba, their first-round pick. So, obviously, this team has improved offensively just on those two pieces alone. Ken Walker... I mean, if, if he stays healthy, uh, they have you know one of the most dynamic run games in the NFC as well, let alone just offenses. So they're going to put up a lot of points. Uh, their defense uh, is still subpar, lackluster. Uh, I know the Bobby Wagner reunion is nice, but well past his prime at this point. Uh, so it's going to be a struggle at times for the Seahawks, but they're talented enough, and Geno Smith is a good enough quarterback, especially in the NFC ranks, to get them to a playoff berth. This is where we have some big disagreements. In the third place, I have the Rams completely falling off. 5-12 and 12 for the LA Rams and a 14 seed for them. I think this team will compete uh, for that bottom slate uh, come the end of the year. And this is all because I just don't trust the arm of Matt Stafford anymore. I, pers- I-, I just have no faith that he's going to be returning anything close to what he was a couple years back. Cooper Cup has already uh, had some hamstring issues uh, in this training camp, and so he may be missing some time. But all beside that, it's just the roster, the weakness of the roster. Uh, name me any you know player on defense outside of Sam – or uh, not Sam Darnold, uh, Aaron Donald, and, um, and, and I'll get you some free merch or something because I don't know a single person – 
uh, on that defense, really. It's just they, they are stripped down to the studs there. And then in the 16th seed, the worst team in the league, the Arizona Cardinals at 4-13. and 13. Um, Well, I, I guess I shouldn't say worst team in the league, but worst team in the conference for sure uh, at 4-13 and 13 here. Uh, it's all bottoming out. Everyone knows it's kind of uh, all shaping up for them to to have that down year and and get themselves uh, a pick. Uh, and and hey, if Houston's you know the worst team too, then maybe the Cardinals have the first two picks in the draft. That would be something else. But yeah, I just don't think Kyler Murray's going to be the guy um, that 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 plays the majority of the year. Even if he does return, Mark, uh, I think it's going to be a rough uh, go for them uh, throughout the season. And so. Just based on the fact that I don't think he plays more than 10 games, even if he does come and play, he probably doesn't play at all, let's be honest. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that plan pans out. Um, but still so many holes on this team. James Connors really the only guy I trust. Marquise Brown's good. Um, but overall, it, it's it's pretty rough. And when you add in a Clayton Toon or whoever's going to start a quarterback for this team, then you all of a sudden end up with a 4-13 and record. Yeah, I, I mean – I don't disagree with you at the bottom there. Um, at the top, I have the winners of the NFC West, the Los Angeles Rams. I'm going with the Rams at 10 and 7, which puts them as the, where'd I have them? Uh, the three seed in the NFC. So, again, I understand this is insane for me to say, but I'm riding with Sean McVay and, and Matt Stafford one more time. I think they are poised to get back to what they were two years ago when Matt Stafford was thrown for 5,000 yards. They're just going to say, screw it. We It all feels like it's kind of one last go around for them. I think that's just kind of the vibe. Sean McVay was going to retire. He didn't retire. They all feel like they have these kind of opportunities maybe elsewhere. And so I'm going to go with them to just say, throw it, caution to the wind, and take advantage of the fact that I think the Niners are going to hit some bumps in the road, which brings me to the Niners. I have them. At 10 and 7 as well, same record. And I will put the Niners as the fifth seed in the NFC. So I'm not writing off the Niners, and the Niners absolutely could be playing for an NFC championship game again, depending on their stride. But I really don't believe in Brock Purdy. I I fully think that Brock Purdy, there's going to be the moments where you're like, oh, okay, yep. That's why it's Mr. Irrelevant. You give all these defensive coordinators all this time to watch the film, and they'll find a way to shut down Brock Purdy. Even with that Kyle Shanahan offense, at times I think he's going to get exposed. The Niners are a team, remember, over the last five years of this run, they always get injuries and injury prone. And I just don't know if they have the depth anymore to handle some of the injuries. Can Bosa stay healthy? He's at a contract here. All of these things are question marks. I just don't think it's going to be smooth sailing for the Niners. So, and they have a really tough schedule. So I have the Niners in, very good, great roster. Purdy gets exposed at moments. I think by the end of the season, we'll be looking at the Niners going, do they really want to bring Brock Purdy back again? Like, do you give him another year? I think that's going to be questions we're talking about at the end of the year. Uh, Seattle, 9-8, and eight, just missing the playoffs. Like Seattle a ton. You had him as a 10-win team. I have a 9-win team. I like him a ton, but I, I just don't think they have the juice defensively to shut down teams when they're going to need to. And again, I feel very similar about with Geno Smith. Last year took everyone by surprise. At the end of the year, they kind of limped into the playoffs and stumbled their way and were had a disastrous playoff showing. I think part of that is 
Again, defensive coordinators are able to watch the film. Early on in the year, they'll come out high flying. It's good weather, have fun. And then the winter turns, gets cold, and you can get, you can get a guy exposed. And so I'm going to go with that happens again with the Seahawks. And again, in a year from now, they're talking about the end of the year. Do we bring him back with Geno Smith or do we try to get more dynamic at quarterback? And then finally, uh, the Cardinals, yeah, 4-13. and 13. Um, I think at this point in time, the Cardinals are stuck as an organization in the sense that with what Caleb Williams' dad came out in today and said basically like, oh, we're not playing for a bad organization. The night, the Cardinals, the best thing they might be able to do is honestly try to salvage a lot of this with Kyler Murray. I don't, I don't know, mm. but it's they're going to be a fascinating bad team to watch just about how they manage this and do they go full tank or do they try to bring him in and say, you know, we just paid him, he's our guy, and we're going to make this work. So they're going to be fascinating to watch in that regard, but they're not going to be a good football team, and I don't believe in Jonathan Gannon one bit. Yeah, that's that's the one word. I just have no idea what we're going to get, right? There's a lot of question marks with Arizona. So, yeah, yeah no, I t- we're totally in agreement there. All right, let's go to the North. This was a fun one. Uh, we both had the Lions winning this division. I have the Lions as the three seed at 10 and seven, 10 and winning seven. the division there. Uh, and, you know, we talked about it just offensively. Uh, they got a ton of firepower there added to it with Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta. So there's a lot of uh, momentum there in Detroit and I think they continue that poor division poor conference it's going to be an easy road for the most part to getting that three seed 10 and 7 not good enough for a three seed in the AFC it's good enough in the NFC to win your division and get there the Bears get in as the sixth seed so they're not only the first wild card they are they are locked in to a wild card spot there at the sixth seed nine and eight prediction here for the Bears this year I think and I've, I've talked about this when we did our North preview yesterday is that this is a team that is on the cusp of turning it around and getting to that double digit wins consistently but I think this is the year where they have to take that big leap the six win gap that's a huge leap in one year gets them into the playoffs they they have an electric year I think from Justin Fields MVP candidate uh, but, you know, overall, there are still holes that need to be addressed on this team. There are still some questions on their defensive side. Offensive line uh, need, needs to get things ironed out. But overall, they're on the right trajectory and they get in a weak division here. The Vikings come in as the eight seed. So they miss the playoffs. They are eight and nine is what I have them at. So a eight, five nine. win swing from just a year ago. But again, I thought that that was very lucky for them. Uh, last year I think a lot of luck went their way in those one score games I consider that to come back this season not to mention they lose Dalvin Cook uh, no Adam Thielen which yeah he wasn't like a world beater at all but it's just you know another veteran piece someone that was a mainstay in the culture they're gone Uh, so I'm not entirely sure I think TJ Hawkinson being there for a full year now is going to be a boost to them Jordan Addison was a certainly a nice add in the draft but They're going to have some growing pains, I think. And this is the year where maybe they stutter step and then return next year, Uh, depending on what they do with Kirk Cousins. We'll see. But yeah, this is a year where maybe they they hiccup a little bit and don't get into the playoffs. And then the Packers, uh, the final uh, team here in the division, the four fourth team, but the 11 seed at seven and 10. I think they win some close games. Uh, you know, some games maybe that people didn't anticipate they would win, but they're going to lose most of them because it's just the nature of this roster and 
Maybe Jordan Love is good, but I don't think he's good enough yet to warrant predicting that this team is going to go above 500. I'm not sold on this roster. And frankly, they kind of are reminiscent uh, in some ways of like the New England Patriots, where it's like a buttoned up, you know, good line play, good scheme uh, type of thing. Uh, but the players overall just are too young and also just not proven enough. Christian Watson's nice. Romeo Dobbs is nice. They're good players. Are they elite yet? Have they grown to that point? Uh, maybe this is the year they do it, but I think they're a year away. And uh, and Jordan Love's going to have some growing pains in his first year as a starter. Uh, so a lot of those you can just anticipate as being a little bit of a down year for the Packers. And like I said, though, uh, don't take this as some sort of, um, you know, precedent being set in Green Bay. They'll probably turn it around quickly. Uh, so enjoy this while you can, Bears fans, because, uh, you know, it's it's not going to be a mainstay. Uh, Lions 11 and six as the number two seed in the NFC. How about uh, that? We, we talked about it yesterday. I think that the Lions are extremely solid and I think they may limp towards the end of the season. And I think the Bears and the Vikings can be hot on their tail, but I think they're able to close the gap and uh, get into the playoffs at 11 wins, six losses, and uh, get that two seed. Trust in Jared Goff. I trust in the weapons. I trust in that offensive line. Love their offensive coordinator who passed up on head coaching opportunities to stay with the Lions this year. They only get him for probably this year because he's probably going wherever Caleb Williams is going next year. Uh, he'll be a hot candidate. And um, I think, you know, Campbell is the type of guy that I don't think the message falls flat. I think they really still have this no one believes in us where the Detroit Lions thing going on and their schedule is workable for them to get to 11 wins bears 10 and seven six seed so i have them a win more than you but we both have them at the six seed i love the bears as you know i love them uh with all my heart um i i live by them i die by them and i will be very very sad the next time we're we're talking to you if they lose to the packers week one i'll be very very sad yeah. i don't think it's gonna happen though i think I really do think there is something has happened. The Bears got a new president in Kevin Warren. The Ryan Poles and Eberflus, it seems like the, the messages and the and the roster moves, everything just is working. And it's working in a Chicago Bears way. And on top of that, there were at times last year where we had the most dynamic quarterback in the NFL who was putting up insane stat lines and scoring 30 plus points a game for the Chicago bears. Like, don't forget about that. Yes. They weren't winning games. That's because their defense fell apart. I mean, absolutely fell apart. And the offensive line was a, a garden hose that got run over by a lawnmower. I mean, it was, it was awful. And so I think they addressed those two things. This defense added pieces. They're all healthy and that offensive line is vastly improved, and they got weapons and a true number one receiver. The Bears are set for a turnaround. Justin Fields is set for a big year, make the playoffs six seed, and uh, I think they could absolutely end up in an NFC championship game this year. Don't let it shock you, people. Um, Vikings 10-7, and seven, seventh seed in the playoffs. Three NFC Norris teams in the uh, NFL playoffs. Listen, the Vikings won 13 games last year. I think they're going to take a step back. I don't think they're going to fall off the map. 
This offense is going to score. You say Adam Thielen is a loss. I think the Addison out of USC. This they're they're gonna they're gonna score. Yeah, he's more bun- dynamic. They're gonna score a bunch of points. And Hawkinson is there. The offensive line is is okay. Kirk is is perfect for what they're going to try to do is just put up points, put up points, put up points. And I like Kevin O'Connell, the, the head coach. I think he looked he came across really good in that quarterback documentary on Netflix. And so I know their defense is bad, but they're going to score points. And in the NFC. There's not a lot of teams that can just score points. I think they're just going to outscore some teams at times. They're going to find a way to 10 wins, and they're going to find their way in the playoffs. I trust in the Vikings offense more than I do in what Dallas is going to do, what the Giants are going to do, what Washington is going to do. I don't believe in the NFC South besides the Saints, as we'll talk about in a minute. And I like the Rams, the Niners, and Seattle and the Vikings will be right there, and I just... Coin flip, I'll go with the Vikings, and uh, and so that's kind of what it came down to for me. Three NFC North teams, all of them capable of winning the division. I think the other two that don't win the division are going to sneak in in the playoffs. Uh, Packers, 6-11. and 11, I think it's going to be a very rough year for Packer Nation. I think there's going to be moments where Jordan Love looks um, like you're going to have to uh, completely restart. And I think there's going to be moments where Jordan Love looks like Dak Prescott, and you're like, whoa. He just threw for 350 yards and three touchdowns. And that's what's going to drive Packers fans crazy. And that's what I'm going to sleep well at night reading on Twitter. Because the worst thing you can have in the NFL is Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. And I think that's what he is. Is because he's going to be good enough at times to win you games. And you're going to have to decide whether you have to pay him like in the next year. Like his contract is like pay him now or not. You get the extension with the fifth round, you know, first round pick. But it's going to be a tough, tough season for Packers fans managing all of that. So I will take them at 6-11. and 11. I just think their offensive line is shaky. I think they may fall apart at times. Bakhtiari's always injured. And then defensively, beyond Jair Alexander, Alexander, Alexander you know, where, what are they? And yeah, so, uh, yeah. And so I, I think the Packers, and not an easy schedule either. Um, I think they find their way to six wins. And they uh, they miss out in the playoffs, and there's a lot of turmoil in Packer Nation at the end of the year. So a lot of agreement for the most part. Uh, you know, I have the Vikings as the eighth seed, so just missing it. You have yep. them just getting in. So, uh, yeah, a lot of similarities there. A couple quick notes before we get to the South. Uh, Ian Rappaport reported that the Cardinals uh, are expected to have Josh Dobbs be their starting quarterback in week oh, one. Oh, fun. So, well, good Godspeed. Go. Yeah, so 4-13. and 13. There we go. And uh, and then on top of it, Joe Burrow uh, apparently said he is ready to go. So it looks like let's go, Joey B. Officially starting the season there with the Cincinnati Bengals. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. All right, let's get to the South. We both have the Saints as the winners, and I imagine we also have uh, the way that this whole list is shook out that we both have them being the only playoff team in this division. Four seed for the Saints, nine and eight. Good enough to win the NFC South there for New Orleans. Uh, you know, it's just more about the Saints being a pretty solid organization all around. I think Derek Carr is a much better quarterback than he's given credit for. Yeah. Um, you know, slightly above average. Uh, good dude. Got some weapons there in Olave. Michael Thomas is healthy. Uh, they've got, you know, Jawan Johnson and Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara will be coming back after a few weeks. So, yeah, they've got some dudes. They'll score some points and their defense is really uh, stout. Uh, so, yeah. It, they'll, they'll be a middle of the road overall team, but they're in the NFC once again, and they're also in the NFC South. They make the playoffs at nine and eight. 
then it's all downhill from there. 12 seed for the Carolina Panthers, but at a respectable 7-10. and 10. I think Bryce Young uh, gets into his groove midseason, late year, looking pretty good, accurate. They got some weapons they can play around with, but it's going to take some time. I mean, it, rookie quarterbacks, we know this, uh, and then not to mention you know, undersized rookie quarterbacks, uh, relatively new regime there with Frank Reich. Uh, defense is good. Uh, we have questions about Brian Burns. There's some, there's some, yep. uh, you know, uh, issues happening there. So if he's not there for week one, then, then definitely they're going to have some struggles defensively, but you know, overall pretty good roster. Uh, they're, they're maybe a, a year or two away from, from being real serious contenders here. And then I have them tied with the Falcons who come in as the 13th seed also at seven and 10, just a, a tiebreaker there. The Falcons, uh, get one extra win. Um, and I, and I th thought the Panthers will perform better in division than the Falcons do. So I have them at seven and 10, not much to say there that hasn't already been said really good run game. We don't know what we're getting from Desmond Ritter. Not sure what I'm supposed to expect from an Arthur Smith led team, other than they'll run the football, uh, all four quarters. Uh, but sometimes you have to pass the ball too to win in this league and their defense is, uh, brutal. So Lots and lots of uh, things to work on with the Atlanta Falcons for them to to be a contender for the division, let alone the playoffs. But all that being said, they're still a tough out. They're still scrappy. So they and the Panthers are going to be a couple uh, spoiler teams for some other teams late in the year that that expect them to be a win, uh, but but could take a loss instead. And then I have the Buccaneers at five and twelve. I think the Buccaneers could very well be one of the worst teams in the league. I mean, they already are here at five and twelve, but uh, competing for that number one seed. Uh, in or number one overall draft pick, I should say. I just think they're that brutal. I mean, it's not even because of Baker Mayfield. Like, I think he's, uh, you know, uh, a bottom 10 quarterback, but still good enough to, to win games for people. And, um, you know, they have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. So that's the toughest one to come to is that they still have really good players on their roster, but man, yeah. they're so old, Mark, and they have fallen off um, completely from what they were just a couple years ago, where they were, you know, much more dynamic. Defensively, they've become slow. Offensively, they become slow. Um, they, they've lost all of their, you know, big splash playability, it appears, and their run game's a question mark, too. I don't know what we're going to get out of Rashad White. Um, we think he's a you know, really good receiver out of the backfield, but is he a full-time workhorse running back? We don't know. Questions on the offensive line, just too many missing pieces here for the Buccaneers to, to compete, and this is for their own good, man. They really should uh, bottom out go get what it's going to be a loaded draft class next year they could be able to get one of four quarterbacks and probably be set up uh, uh to compete in a year or two so that's how i have it shaking out i imagine that we don't have too much disagreement here, no i mean uh, I, based on the standings and everything i don't have to say much i mean saints nine and eight i'm with you right there winning the division barely over 500 i think they they could squeak their way though i think they'd be a really dangerous playoff team at home uh, I think they could find sure. their way to the second round of the playoffs very, very easily as a as a really tough five uh, four seed. Uh, Panthers six and eleven, Falcons five and twelve, Bucks four and thirteen. So I'm with you, just a little less with you on all the teams. I think I have them. the The Falcons to me, I think are implode territory. Ritter is such an unknown, and just like you said, their defense is so bad. And they want to run the ball. Well, that's the worst thing you can have. If you want to run the ball, you better have a really good defense to keep it low scoring or tight so you can keep running the ball. If you're down by 21 points, you're going to have to throw the ball. 
and I don't think that's a great news for the Falcons and trying to win games. To be fair, so, maybe their their goal is to win the time of possession battle so they could just keep the opposing may, offenses and, off the field and entirely. That, but that's not going to work yeah. out, you know, the whole game. Yeah. So, so there you go. Yeah. I mean, uh, in the end, I think, you know, when we look at the NFC, Dan, like we just talked about the AFC, for me, I think it's going to be having to defend the the and and figure out the Rams making the playoffs and winning that, not only making the playoffs, but winning that division. I think for you, it's going to be, uh, you know, winning seven games. Well, no, I mean, I'm just looking at the playoffs overall. I, I mean, I oh, think yours yeah. is, I think yours is a little safer. Maybe the the Dallas sneaking in at below 500. That's going to rub some Vikings fans the wrong way. I think you're going to rub some uh, some uh, you know Packers fans and some people Giants fans yeah. you know the wrong way. That hey, uh, we can't get we can't we can't be above 500 and sneak in, but. Otherwise, I love it, and we'll let uh, we'll let the the internet eat with this, and we'll uh, we'll uh, you know defend it as much as we can. Absolutely, yeah, that's the name of the game for sure. So yeah, that was fun. That was a a good holistic look at at the NFL in a nutshell for 2023 as we stare down this opener tomorrow. Real quick before we leave, then we're gonna uh, give our our predictions for this opener on Thursday yeah. night, and then give our lock of the week when it comes to uh, which team we think is as the best bet uh, to get a victory. So we'll start with this Thursday night game. Lions at the Chiefs, 8.20 p.m. Eastern time on NBC to open the season. Kansas City getting four and a half points in this one. What are your thoughts about how this one shapes up? Well, I bet this game 10 days ago when the Lions were still heavy favor, uh, heavy underdogs and the uh, and uh, Travis Kelsey's knee was not hyperextended. I'm yeah. taking Lions. I'm taking Lions money line in a shocker. Ooh, okay, I think there's. Okay. I think there's a um, no Chris Jones, no Travis Kelsey, and I think that's going to weigh heavily on the Chiefs' offense and defense. And I think this Lions team is going to come out. They read the press clippings like the Lions are yeah. starting the season. I think they're going to come out firing. I'm. I'll roll with the Lions money line. I got them at plus two forty. You're not going to find that now because of the injury. So I'm, right. I'm very happy with where I landed on my bet with the Lions. I'll still take the Chiefs to win this game, but I would bet on the Lions covering. I think it'll be a close oh. game. This will be a field be goal, fun. maybe two-point win. It's going to be a really fun game. I think we're, we're all excited to see the offensive fireworks to open the NFL season, which is probably yeah. why they made this the matchup to start the year. So then turning to best bet, I'm going to go with the Jaguars at the Colts because the Jags are getting five points on the road. And I just think... The Jaguars are rolling, man. They they finished the season so hot. And, you know, this offense now had another full offseason in the Doug Peterson system to get acclimated. You mentioned the, the return of Calvin Ridley. That's huge. Yeah. Like, this team's going to be all systems go right off the gate, whereas the Colts are starting kind of cold. Like, what do, no they're Jonathan trying to Taylor. figure out what they have. And, yeah. and no Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Anthony Richardson poised to make his first ever NFL start. And the Jags' defense, though it wasn't very good last year, it was very opportunistic. They had a lot of turnovers, a lot of big splash plays. I think this might be one of those games where you see a just a defensive, uh, you know, interception return touchdown, and uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence throws for three tutties, and it's all of a sudden twenty-eight to seven. So I, I think the Jags are going to blow the doors wide open. Five points, I'll take that all day. All right, I lock my lock of the week is the Giants plus three and a half hosting the Cowboys. They're at home. Sunday night football. 
Uh, Giants, Meadowlands. I think Danny Dimes, I think they win outright. I bet the game money line Giants outright on August 26th. Heck I yeah. felt so good right. about it when those lines came out. Uh, I just, again, I, I believe more in the Giants than the Cowboys this year. And who doesn't love Dak Prescott throwing two interceptions opening night? People, maybe all they're talking about is Trey Lance on Monday morning on Colin Coward and first take. And uh, I think that'll be a really fun way to start the football season. Good stuff. Love it. All right. Well, next time we hit the airwaves, folks, we will have NFL action underway. We made it. We, we made begin. it. We made it. We made it. We did it. Whole off season full of content for you all. We're excited. And a new season with our new friends over at the Four Frequency Sake Podcast Network. So excited to bring that to you all uh, here for this NFL season. Be sure to, to like, subscribe, uh, check us out on social media at FB Lounge Pod. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, threads, all of that stuff. So check us out there. We'll give you all of these predictions and weekly recaps every Monday. Uh, sometimes a Tuesday we'll throw in there. But yes, after every Sunday, we will have the full week recap for you. Uh, talking every game so be sure to stay tuned for that but for now that will do it for us here on the football lounge with mark and dan enjoy some football everybody and we'll see you back here with our week one recap action <music>